6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I didn't know the nature of the complaint. I did not know the substance of the complaint. I did not know the details of the complaint. I didn't have any info. I didn't know where the complaint came from. I didn't know why it went to the ombudsperson or why the ombudsperson raised it with the minister. I knew very, very little, Madam Chair. Welcome back. Rob Rickenridge with you. That is the voice of the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, Katie Telford, and uh, her explanation of what she knew back in 2018 about Canada's former top soldier. Obviously, some very troubling details have come to light uh, regarding allegations against now former Chief of Defence Staff, General Jonathan Vance. But there's also the political side to the story in terms of what was known as far back as 2018. Certainly, there's been questions raised about what the defense minister knew, but it has spilled over into the prime minister's office, the suggestion that the prime minister's own chief of staff was aware of this or was aware of some element of this in 2018. Did she tell the prime minister, if not why, some important questions? And uh, so that was Katie Telford uh, answering questions uh, before a comments committee today, joining us to talk more about what transpired. Someone who's been following this story closely, Global News journalist Amanda Connolly joining us here this afternoon. Amanda, appreciate this. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So in terms of setting the stage for this, as mentioned, it has come to light that Katie Telford may have known something about this in 2018. So what do we know about the nature of that knowledge or what, what transpired here in 2018? Yeah, that's a really important question. So, of course, there's there's um, two parts to that. One of them is, of course, what uh, what was or may have been known at the time. And of course, what do we know now? Um, what we know now is that um, Global News has reported that the allegation in 2018 was brought to uh, then military ombudsman Gary Walburn. It was by a, an, an individual who wanted to maintain her anonymity. Uh, and she was saying that um, she had done this to bring it to him because she was hoping he would tell Defense Minister Harjit Sajan and that he would actually consider this information when he was looking at kind of how do we handle um, the military efforts to root up misconduct and the details of that allegation have to do with an email that appears to have been sent from General Jonathan Vance's work account in 2012. The email itself, Global News has reported on this email. It, it suggests effectively that, um, or appears to suggest uh, that he and a much younger female corporal take a clothing optional vacation in the Caribbean. Uh, this, of course, um, we, we know that with Operation Honor, which came in a number of years later, uh, says that sexual misconduct includes sexual jokes. Uh, so it's certainly raised a lot of questions about um, how that was handled. And we heard from Kate Telford today, of course, that uh, she didn't know what that allegation was. She didn't know uh, what information had been shared with the ombudsperson at the time. And so that really was the uh, a lot of the focus of, of the, the meeting today. It's interesting what got us to this point, because I believe there have been some attempts at committee before to call her to testify, and, and that's resulted in some debates, some filibuster from the Liberals. This was actually, I, I believe, Ms. Telford just deciding on her own to voluntarily come before this committee. Is that how that worked out? Yeah, it was certainly a surprise to learn of this uh, yes, uh, yesterday, late afternoon. You're right, there had been an, an attempt by the Conservatives to invite her last week. There was a motion put before the committee to do so. Um, there, there was also a Liberal filibustering at that committee last week uh, that forced that, that meeting onto Monday. It was then cancelled on Monday, and the House of Commons this week was debating a motion uh, from the Conservatives calling for Justin Trudeau to fire Telford. Uh, Telford at committee today was saying that the reason she didn't appear earlier at 
committee was she didn't want an want that her appearance to be in any way conflated with that conservative opposition motion for her firing she wanted it to be focused really on 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 sharing what she knew and what she was wanting to tell the committee right so as you say that that's one of the big questions what she knew and then further to that what she did with the, that information did she keep it to herself was the prime minister informed um so on, on the first point and i played the clip right at the outset where katie telford is maintaining that she she knew very little about this this allegation so what more did she have to say on on that question yeah, this, this really was, um, again, a big part of the focus here. Um, a lot of the, the questioning has centered around why it seems nobody, why it seems she did not tell Prime Minister Justin Trudeau about this allegation in 2018. Uh, we, we saw this question put to her um, roughly 10 times, the question of who made the decision not to tell Trudeau. And we really didn't get any kind of a clear answer from her on that. We saw uh, in response to those questions, her talking about how the complaint made it to her office what they were kind of considering when they were looking at what to do next with this but not really specifically addressing that actual question of how was this decision made to not tell him and why would the existence of a complaint itself whether you knew the details or not um, not be shared with the prime minister what we heard um, effectively was that she had been told and the senior advisor in the, the prime minister's office as well had been told that bureaucrats were best placed to handle this and so they were the ones who were kind of left to to handle this and of course we now know that they opened and then promptly closed an investigation into the matter okay so we we do know at least from what she has told us is that the prime minister was not informed but as to why and, and you alluded to it there i guess then they they felt that there was no need to or that that they they followed the the rules as they were supposed to when it comes to to dealing with a matter like this yeah and so and again i'm i'm kind of um i'm trying to be as as accurate here as i can because to be honest we really didn't get a a clear specific answer to that specific question we heard this kind of her responses characterized by others and we heard her kind of talking about all of the considerations that go into how they ended up handling this but we really didn't get a specific here is why I did not tell him. And of course, as chief of staff, she is really the highest, the top political staffer in that office and really his, his closest confidant. Um, and so that, that kind of remains the sense that we have based on how I think others have, other, other um, MPs at the committee characterized what she was saying and what she said was, was a fair interpretation of that. Yeah, I did play one exchange earlier, and, and there was some uh, some questions from the opposition MPs on the committee, and, and there was a bit of tension, but they kept coming back to that. Well, who made the decision? Who made the decision not to tell the prime minister? And it felt maybe, uh, or it certainly felt to them, it seemed like she was obfuscating. Uh, just how tense did it get from, from your perspective? You know, there, there's always a bit of a range when you're covering these, these kinds of committees. Uh, tempers can certainly flare. Uh, I think I think that it, it's fair to say that there there were some tempers that appeared to flare um, at this committee. We saw uh, certainly responses um, that that that, uh, or that were causing the chair of the committee to intervene to say effectively um, both in terms of interruptions by the conservative members of Telford as they were trying to I think push her for uh, more clear answers. The chair was intervening, saying you need to let the witness finish. Uh, her response. We also heard interruptions from some of the Liberal members 
on the committee as well, saying that the conservatives were being unnecessarily partisan, that they were being, um, that they, they were focusing too much on the partisan aspect here and not the question of what do we do to fix the system. Um, and again, th- those exchanges multiple times did prompt the chair to intervene and tell people, you know, we've got to cool this down. We have to let her speak and, and try and answer the questions as best as possible. Well, and, and I mean, now, you know, she can say that, that she came and, and she did take some questions. I, I don't know that the opposition parties necessarily feel like they got the answers they wanted, but I mean, is, is that it for her testimony and, and where does this committee go from here? Yeah, this, I mean, as, as far as we know right now, this is it for her testimony. She had been really a big, outstanding witness that the committee had been trying to get. They are, of course, reaching uh, what appears to be the end of their, their study into the issue of mili- uh, sexual misconduct in the military and how the government handled that 2018 allegation. Uh, they, they are working on their report. We've been kind of waiting to see when that report will get issued. And so that, for now, really seems to be the next step. We don't have a clear sense yet of, of who could be called to testify again I would say it's probably just based on how past committees work it's probably unlikely that she would be called back to committee to testify again that usually uh, doesn't always happen um, so really at this point we're, we're watching um, for what will come out from that report from the committee and what will happen next week too politically of course we, we are watching kind of continued re- reaction and response and pressure on the government uh, for this and and that really remains um, in place as, even as the broader work to address the actual issue of misconduct in the military continues all right much more in this story of course globalnews.ca amanda thanks so much for the recap appreciate this thank you all right, that is uh, Global News political journalist uh, Matt Connolly, who's been covering this committee hearing today. And so Katie Telford agreed to come before this committee uh, to talk about her role in all of this. Again, whether we've learned any more, I suppose that's a somewhat subjective question, but I, I don't know that we do. Again, at least they continue to insist that the prime minister was not informed of this. And that, that is a big question. I mean, the prime minister can claim some ignorance at this point, and at least those who would be in a position to know are covering for him. Or or maybe they, they are telling the truth. Maybe the prime minister wasn't informed. That seems strange that you would have someone that high up be aware of sexual misconduct allegations against Canada's top soldier, and no one would think that the prime minister should be aware of such information. It's, it strains credibility, let's put it that way. And yes, given the situation now that the prime minister could find himself in, it is convenient. It is convenient to, to put that narrative out there. Maybe it is true. Again, it's, it's hard for us uh, to, to know for sure. But yes, look, the prime minister would be in much more of a political pickle at the moment if it turned out that he did know about it. As it stands, uh, his chief of staff did. As it stands, his minister of defense did. So why they didn't take some action in 2018, and especially the minister who is responsible for the Canadian forces. And yes, look, Arjit Sejan should resign, should have resigned already. And he has lost all kinds of credibility on this issue. He's the one in charge. Everything stops with him. So this happened on his watch. So if nothing else, the, the minister is culpable here. The minister needs to be accountable. The prime minister didn't know, well, okay, fair enough. That doesn't speak highly of uh, how government functions. Maybe it doesn't even speak highly of the prime minister if people don't see a point in telling him important things like this. But at least it's some plausible deniability. I don't think the defense minister has that excuse.